thank God um, for that. So I just ask that you pray for me on today. Keep me in your prayer as I go before the throne of grace on today. Just wanted to just open up with a song, with the old song my grandmother used to sing some years ago. And I'm just trying to recall it. I think it goes, if you know it, send me something in the chat if you know this song and sing along with me if you do know this song. Yeah, we're just waiting for everybody to to get on. We have to um, share it. Maybe take it and share it so other people can share it. We thank you, God, for you on today, God. We thank you so much. The song is, we come this far by faith. Back and forth regarding that 
that fight. And then also following that, I believe probably about a month or so ago, um, there was another fight that um, had taken place with a UFC, I believe UFC um, wrestler or martial arts instructor and a um, professional boxer. And um, I recall the fight and I was looking and I watched it and um, I began to watch the memes after. So during the fight, and I believe it's probably about between rounds four and seven, that somebody got knocked all the way out. And it was something. The way that the, um, I believe, one of the um, the fighter fell, they fell face down into the ground. And when I looked at it, I told my husband, I said, wow, he almost looked like a mannequin when he went down. Um, need not say, I do I do like boxing, and I'm not quite sure why, because when it gets to the, um, the gruesome, um, part and the real intense parts. I kind of turn my head away from that. Does anybody remember? I had an opportunity to look at those, but if you haven't, it's pretty. Um, the memes that came with the second fight were pretty hilarious. So um, may want to take a look at that when you get an opportunity. It actually leads me into the scripture that I did that I did want to share on today. What leads us to the um, book of First Samuel, First Samuel seventeen. I'll give you an opportunity to um, to turn in and join me as I begin to to go through First Samuel 17. And as you prepare, I know this is pretty a pretty an extensive um, passage, so just please bear with me um, as I do go through it. Um, I will be cutting off um, a little bit and then picking back up, but I will let you know um, because I just want to make sure that um, we capture. Um, a good depiction of um, what's going on here. It's a very familiar passage, so many may not even need to um, to read it in its entirety or go through it in too, too in-depth um, again with it, but I just ask that we just follow along. Amen? Amen. And that's 1 Samuel 17. And it reads, Now the Philistines gathered their forces for war, and assembled at Sokar and Judah. They pitched camp at Ephes Damnon between Sokar and Azekah. Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elah and drew up their battle line to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another with the valley between them. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet and his head on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs, he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod, and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man 
and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistines said, this day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Now David was the son of Ephraim named Jesse, who was from Bethlehem in Judah. Jesse had eight sons, and in Saul's time, he was very old. Jesse's three oldest sons had followed Saul to the war. The firstborn was Eliab, the second Anadab, and the third Shammah. David was the youngest. The three oldest followed Saul, but David went back and forth from Saul to tend his father's sheep at Bethlehem. For 40 days, the Philistine came forward every morning and evening and took his stand. Now Jesse said to his son David, take this ephah of roasted grain and these 10 loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to their camp. Take along then these cheeses to the commander of their unit. See how your brothers are and bring back, bring back some assurance from them. They are with Saul and all the men of Israel in the valley of Elam, fighting against the Philistines. Early in the morning, David left the flock in the care of a shepherd, loaded up and set out as Jesse had directed. He reached the camp as the army with Philistines were drawing up, their lines facing each other. David left his things with the keeper of supplies, ran to the battle lines, and asked his brothers how they were. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance. And David heard it. Whenever the Israelites saw, man, saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. Go with me to verse 32. Verse 32. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You are only a young and he has been a warrior for his youth. He has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear come, came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by the hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. 
The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Then Saul dressed David, dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream and put them in his pouch and his shepherd's bag. And with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. Meanwhile, the Philistine with his shield bearer in front of him kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. We almost there. He said to David, I, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said. I will give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those who, all those here will know that there is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's. And he will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack, David ran quickly toward the battle, battle line to fight him. Reaching into his bag, taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. So David trembled over the triumphant over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from the sheath, and he killed him. He cut off his head with the sword. Thank you, Jesus. That is the word of God on today. Let us pray. Most heavenly and gracious Father God, I come today, God, humble as I know how, God, asking that you sit me nasa down, God, and raise up mightily, God, that they will hear what thus saith the Lord. God, with confidence, boldness, and clarity, and authority, God, that you have given me to declare your word, God. Bring everything to remembrance, God. Let it be received on today. Lord, let someone say, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to change what I have going on right now, God? 
that I too may be like David. God, we thank you on today. God, I need you. Use me, God, for kingdom building. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. My subject for today is faith over fear. If you're taking notes, the subject again is faith over fear. I was sent to tell you on today, God sent me to tell you to fight. To fight. We have to fight. David wasn't even aware of what was going on until he was sent to take food to his brothers and inquire how they were doing. This is a very, very familiar passage that we're all familiar with. And um, what I found is after I was in my study, I realized that God had illuminated a couple of other areas that after reading it many times, he illuminated a couple areas that he wanted me to mention on today. So there's a couple of things that I just wanted to just highlight here and share with you on today. So David went to take his brother's food and see how they were doing. So when he got there, he heard the rants and the talks. This giant, who they labeled a champion, was shouting. And realized that everyone was scared. He wanted to go and take this giant on. He says, I have defeated lions, tigers, and bears. I will treat him like one of them. There was a bit of hesitancy, but he was released to go and fight. Saul, as we know, put on the armor of David, but David didn't feel comfortable with it on. He knew if I go out there with this stuff on, I cannot operate in my full potential. I'm going to go out in the power and authority of God with the tools he gave me. You cannot do what others do. This is what God said. You cannot do what others do. You must stay in your lane. Many are trying to operate in someone else's garments, anointing, and you are feeling defeated because it don't fit. But that's another sermon for another day. Now, Goliath had all these war garments on. The shepherd boy, shepherd boy had a sling and a stone. Wait, Goliath, Goliath must have thought he was going to be able to get close to David. <laughs> but God did not even let him get close to him. It reminds me of this part of this passage in the Bible where it says, it reminded me of Job, where God told Satan, you can take all of his belongings, but don't lay a hand on him. Luke tells us, in the book of Luke, it tells us, like this, behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by enemies, any means, hurt you. God said, whatever thing it is, think because it has been around for a while and may have conquered some and was labeled as a champion. But I come to tell you today. God said, I will not let it get close to you. In the right time, you will have to use your weapon to slew that giant. Now, and I hear you say, well, how can I kill something without getting close to it? 
Well, let me remind you. The book of Ephesians tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against the spiritual wickedness in high places. So I'm reminded of the scripture in Proverbs that says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Then Mark 11 tells us, he says, truly I say to you, whosoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not his heart, that's faith, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. David said to Saul in verse 34, but David, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, David said, I went after it, struck it, and I rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, we, we see here again, because he has defied the enemy the living God, the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. That is a word today, that God will rescue us from the hand of the enemy of that which has tried to take us out. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. This very day, I will give you to the birds of the wild, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those that gather here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. I tell you this day, if you believe without doubt and believe God just as he gave David the power and wisdom, you too will strike down and cut the head off of that enemy that is trying to steal your joy and keep you in bondage and fearful. Today is your day. It said 40, day, 40 days they were on the battlefield being humiliated. But God said, not another day. Not another day for you, I tell you on today. Let me go. I got this, God. He has equipped me for, for this, Saul told David. God, David told so God has equipped me for this. Saul told David, this man, this giant, has been a warrior since his youth. David, I don't know if you're ready for him because he's been practicing, he's been at war, he's been battling for many a year since he was young. But David was confident in the word that said, before I formed you, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nation. 
He prepared for many years. I can hear David saying this. He prepared for many years, but I was birthed to do, to do this. This is innate for me. Hallelujah. Don't be afraid. God has called you for such a time as David. Everything you need, God has given you. The enemy is the sickness, that illness, the depression, the insecurities, the doubt, the fear, the trauma that may be trying to keep you hostage. But what also stood out to me was a couple other things. But God said, don't worry about that warrior. He's been training for many years. But before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew that this day would come. I knew that you would be a young man who played your harp and who, shed, who worked in the field. But I prepared you for such a time like this. So it don't matter what you did for many of years. God birthed me to defeat this giant. Hallelujah. But what also stood out to me was David had brothers on Saul's army, and he was sent to care for them by bringing food and check on them. This showed me that God will either send you to assist a family member, someone, or send someone to check on you. Now, so this was one of was a one-on-one -on -one fight. Then I believe that if the giant, walk with me here for a little bit, and if the giant at some point, just hypothetically we're talking, had hurt David in some kind of way, right? We are aware that he had his brothers standing and watching. Then I don't know about you, that if David had gotten taken advantage by this giant, I'm sure that at some point, it would no longer have been a one-on-one. -on -one. I recall it's something different when you see a loved one, and a friend, or someone that you care for being beat on and abused and hurt and tormented. It just hurts your heart a different way. It does something to your heart that you're not able to just stand by and watch. You've got to get up and take part in whatever's going on to help and deliver them and get them from whatever that situation may be. It's something about watching a family member. You will do whatever in your power to help. So I believe that it, it would be no longer a one-on-one -on -one fight. It would have come that they would have been at his defense. And the other brothers would have come to his defense. I remember when I was younger, and it was five of us. I have five, it's five siblings. And when we were growing up, we, we grew up around a time with a lot of fighting and you know a lot going on in the community. And um, my parents, they, they told me as we were growing up, I don't know if anybody else was told this, but that there's no fair fights. If one fight, you all fight. That's what I was told in my household. So we didn't know what it meant. Anybody else was told that? Give me, give me something in the chat. If one fight, all fight. I remember we all had to fight when, when something was going down. I, I knew that we all had to be our brother's keeper. Amen? And it was never a fair fight. I remember, and I know 
I know a couple family members who had large families. You know, um, it was never a one-on-one -on -one fight, very seldom. I come from my husband is he has several siblings and I've known him since it was I was about 15, 16 years old. And I knew him and about and I just as far as I can remember seeing anything fighting or anyone fighting, they all fought. They all fought. Anybody remember this? Your mama, your daddy telling you going out, you better not come back and tell me that such and such didn't beat up on your sister and you stood there and watched. You better fight with him and you both better come back beat up. Or I'ma beat you up. Anybody remember those days? You better not come back telling me that somebody done hurt your sister or your brother and you ain't get hurt too, right? Because I know my mother said, oh, I'm going to beat you up myself. Huh? Anybody remember that? Huh? I know those were the days. Yeah, I guess um, if you do remember that, I guess we all experienced some level of abuse. <laughs> Our parents sending us out to fight. That's a joke, right? God is good. Amen. But who is my mother and my father? and my sister, and my brother, the one that does the will of my father. What I was led to believe that brothers coming from the same household as we read here, they all knew how to fight, but had different fighting techniques, right? Usually when you're in the same household, you all get the same teaching. Maybe one may be strong on the upper part of the body, some may be strong in the bottom part of the body. If you learn martial arts, Pastor Paul, you, you, the whole household has some different techniques from that. If you learn um, boxing, even the, the young ladies have techniques from that. So if you're in a household where a skill is being taught, I believe that, that every family member and every child will have and pick up some part of that technique and will master at, master that at some, at some point. And maybe differently. Brothers may have had the skill but lacked one of the important components. So they all had skills, I believe, but there was one thing that I believe the two in the army had lacked. However, David had a skill and it was accompanied with faith. Faith over fear, y'all. And we know that faith the size of a mustard seed can tear down mountains. It gave him the courage and the reassurance he needed. He trusted not in his sling, but the God that delivered him from the mouth of the enemy. So the God that spared my life before, he said, surely is not going to let me die while fighting in the name of the Lord and edifying and enlightening of the word. He wanted it known that if you trust God, he will make you the head and not the tail. If you trust God, he will make you triumph over all of your enemies. He wants us to know that we've got to trust God. Trust God in all, in all things and fear nothing. I'm reminded of a song my grandmother used to sing. I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. And I promised him that I would serve him Till I die. But one of the last things that God showed me here in my studies was that in the scripture, David, it tells us that he was inquir inquiring about the rewards to winning this battle and taking this giant out. 
He asked his brothers and they got angry with him about asking what the rewards are if he killed this giant and if he slayed him. What, well, what do we gain from this? And the brothers, they got angry with him for asking these questions. So I said, wow, why would he get angry if he just wanted to inquire about helping and the things that would be benefited if he does destroy this enemy? So what it showed me here was David was asking these questions for a reason. With the thought in mind, I believe that in his asking that David knew, follow me, David knew and understood that when I defeat and kill this giant, it wasn't just for him. And don't just win, but the win was for the nation. So David knew that me killing this giant, no, it's not just for me, but it's for the entire nation. Because the scripture says that everyone rejoiced. That's what my Bible said. That everyone rejoiced when he slew the giant and when he cut off his head. So it wasn't just David that was rejoicing, but everybody that was around him in his circle got excited. Because why? We no longer have to, have to deal with this person trying to defame us and to taunt us and torment us. He is gone. He's no longer going to torment my family, harass me, and take me into fear and bondage. David knew that. What God told me here was that when you, you, I'm talking to you, when you defeat the enemy, you win for generations. Hallelujah. You win, your win will allow your family and everyone around you to win and live and reap the benefits and boast in what God did and is able to do. We must fight, God said. Don't be afraid. Put on the whole armor of God and go forth. God said, you don't need all of what the Goliath had on. God said, use what I've given you to fight with. When those that come after you are encountered with their giants, they will 
Hallelujah. I'm reminded of a story when I was younger, probably before, maybe even before I was a teenager. There was a, we lived in a community and there was a young guy who was a bully. And he used to bully the other kids in the community. And I was one of them. He used to try to bully me and, and do things to me to, to make me fearful of him and, and keep me in bondage. And if I see him to walk the other way and, and we, you know, people will walk the other way and do other things. But as the scripture says, this day, <laughs> there was the one day that I was coming from wherever. And he decided he wanted to, to bother me. Mm, mm, mm. And I remember this clearly in my head. This was around the time, I think, it was with the In Vogue belts. I think it was the In Vogue belts that we used to wear, the big leather thick belts, that fashionable belt that we used to wear on the top of our clothes and our outfits to add some style to us. But this day, His name was Reginald. He came and he bothered me. Hallelujah. I took off my beautiful thick leather belt. Hallelujah. I didn't have a slain or a stone. But I took off my belt. And I began to go crazy on him. Hallelujah. 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 And I began to beat him with my belt. And I promise you. That those around me begin to rejoice and say this young, I was a small young woman, young girl, I was short, and they begin to say, wow, look at her, she beating on such and such such, wow, wow, and they begin to rejoice and begin to feel empowered after they saw that I began and I had the courage to fight him. Hallelujah. Yes, I did it because I took off my belt and I beat him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. His name was Reginald. So I serve notice today. Reginald, if you're out there, under the sound of my voice, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray and fast the hell right out of you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But it's time that we kill these giants, hallelujah. God said that we must fight. Hallelujah. God said fight, fight. God sent me to tell you that now is not the time to fold up. But we've got to fight, fight for the Lord. Stand against the enemy. Go toe-to-toe -to -toe with him. Hallelujah. God will not allow him to hurt you and destroy you. Hallelujah. God said fight. And when I began to prepare, God gave me this acronym for the word fight. And it says, F, by force, whatever is trying, I, to interrupt, G, your grace, grace in H has T to go. So let me put all that together for you. By grace, whatever is trying to interrupt your grace has got to go. Fight. 
your grace has got to go. It has got to die. Fight. We must fight. What is grace? Grace is a gift of God, of elegance and beauty, a peace of mind. God gave it to me, and the world can't take it away. So I've come to fight today. I'm reminded of a song by Walter Hawkins. Don't wait till the battle is over. Shout now. For you know in the end, we're going to win. Don't wait till the battle's over. Shout now. You know in the end, we're going to win. It took a little bit before the enemy was destroyed, but the army stood tall. It said 40 days they went to the line. There's a part of the song that says hallelujah. This is the highest praise. It's part that says, why should I wait? Whatever you're going through, you ain't got to wait. You don't have to wait. Stand up strong before the enemy and fight. Fight. With the numbers going back up in this pandemic, many are burdened down with the cares of life. Hold your head up and fight. We got to fight for our peace of mind. I see many that have never had any type of encounter with God found themselves in a place realizing that it was all, that God was all that was left. When one found out their money could not buy them oxygen, their status could not gain them the breath that they were trying to get. But they were in a lonely, humble fetal like sin where some that didn't usually call and look to him could only say, oh my God, please help me. And even those that have strong relationships, having to grab a hold of everything within them to survive the fears, the doubts, and thoughts that try to consume us. God, I thank you for giving us a fight on today. The word says that God will never leave us. He will never leave us, neither will he forsake us. God said, fight. Use the equipment and tools I gave you. He gave us his word. We don't need a spear, a sling, a rock, a gun, or knife. When my enemies, even my foes, came to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. God will climb into the trenches with us. He will let us die. He will fight for us. I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. The tool and defense he gave us, the Bible. Does anybody remember this, the Bible? We used to use it and say basic instructions before leaving earth. That's our tool, the Bible. I, we must use these tools. To, to slay and slay that giant that is trying to consume us. I communicate and work with I'm a youth pastor with a lot of the young people, and many of them will tell you when I communicate with them and we talk. One of the things that I tell them, and as well as my children, whatever you're going through, 
If you don't know what to say or pray, I tell them just to say the blood of Jesus. For we know that there's power in the blood. And I remember that because as I was growing up, there was a battle that was won in my household. Yes. And my grandmother toiled the floor pleading the blood of Jesus over every situation, every over, over every child, every grandchild, the blood of Jesus. The Bible says if we resist the enemy, he will flee. He said fight. Thank you, Jesus. This is not the time for giving up. We must fight, fight, fight. And in my conclusion, if you didn't get nothing else from what I said, a few takeaways. Faith over fear wins all the time. Trust God in all things. And if he came to your rescue before, he will do it again. He's equipped us. He's given us the tools to fight. We've just got to utilize it. We've got to use it. Force whatever is trying to take your grace out. It has got to go. God wants us to fight. Today I leave with you fight. Fight. Fight a good fight of faith. Fight and the anointing and the power and the authority of God. We're resisting fears, any fears, any securities, any doubts that the enemy is trying to weigh us down with. We will fight so that when we win, the generations behind us will win. Our children, our grandchildren, the nations will win. God bless you on today. I love you all. I leave you in the grace and the power and the authority of God. God bless you. Have a blessed day. Shalom. Go and go.